Hi there. We wanted to take a moment to thank you for all the love and support you have given us in recent times. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the podcast and give us a follow on our social media. This podcast is brought to you by The Retro Kit, an online store where you can buy all of your favourite shirts. From Zidane's famous black and white striped Juventus kit to Thierry Henry's invincible shirt, they have it all. You can check them out by visiting our Instagram page. And now it's time for the latest episode. Welcome to Pitchside Perspective Podcast with your hosts Stuart Sharples and Jack Kolazar. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Pitchside Perspective Podcast. With the 2026 World Cup recently announced in the stadiums and the final being held here in the state that I live in, New Jersey, we thought it was fitting to relive some great World Cup moments. From the hand of God gold to South Africa's fantastic celebrations that hit every heart around the world, we are diving deep into the heart-stopping, pulse-pounding history of the beautiful game as we unravel the top 10 most iconic moments from the World Cup. Talking about iconic, Jack, how are you, mate? Yes, I'm good. Um, looking forward to this. Obviously, we've had some really intelligent, uh, good guests coming on in the recent weeks. Lots of good information, so... Nice to break it up with a little bit of a dumbed down, just us two talking about soccer for a week before we get some excellent guests back on in the uh, near future. Yeah, obviously, yeah, the the guests we've had on have been uh, fantastic. But yeah, dialing it back to our beginnings, 26 weeks ago when we started, um, no beers this week. I've got myself a cup of coffee, but I've also gone for a, a new thing I've found, white chocolate digestives. I've got a stack of them next to me. Um, are you a digestive man or a hobnob man? Both. I'd normally just grab the whole biscuit tin and just work my way through everything that's in there. You fat bar steward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the World Cup, obviously, in a couple of years' time, coming here to the United States. I've gone into the ballot. Hopefully, I can get some tickets. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. I've signed up. Trying to get some tickets. We'll see if that comes off, but... Well, hopefully by hopefully by then this podcast is so massive that we're getting asked to actually come down and maybe I don't know kick off a bit like Whitney Houston in '94. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this episode we're going to try and break down some of the most iconic moments in World Cup history. Might not necessarily be the wins, might not be the goals. It could be any iconic moment, as I said, from celebrations to to all of it. I struggled trying to get it down to 10. I don't know about you. Yeah, obviously loads of iconic moments. I think we're going to be a little bit biased in terms of recency bias with us being such young pups. The ones that we remember are going to stick out a little bit more to us and also probably a little bit biased towards the English ones too. Um, And then staying on that theme, we've got the question of the week. My turn to ask you a question. I've kept it pretty simple on the World Cup theme. You ready for it? I am indeed. So nice and simple. Who are the three players with the most World Cup goals scored? Ooh. So which three players have scored the most World Cup goals? I like it. One comes to mind straight away, but then I think that I might struggle, to be fair. Um, but yeah, we'll come back at the end. Give me a little bit of time to think. Um, 
Good question. I'll uh, I'll give you that one. Um, but Jack, I'll pass it kind of over to you. Give me. I reckon you give me your ten. I'll give you a ten. We might have a few that are probably going to be the same in there, obviously. But then we kind of collaborate and come up with our top ten most iconic moments. Yeah, I'll start with ten and work my way up to number one. Uh, number ten was just a bit of a funny one that a little bit before my time, but just seeing it on uh, kind of highlights and clips. Have you ever seen the clip of um, a player called, uh, I think it's, I think you pronounce it Mwepa, Mwepa, who played for Zaire, who is now the Republic of Congo. They were playing against Brazil. Brazil had a free kick. The whistle was blown, waiting for Brazil to whip one in the top corner. And he just ran up to the ball and booted it, Miles, like he didn't, no one had told him the rules of football, but he was playing in a World Cup uh, game. So that was kind of a funny one, a bit of a, a moment there. Um, again, uh, number nine, Cameroon won, Argentina nil. A game where basically the Cameroon team just scythed the Argentinians down, kicked lumps out of them, and uh, managed to steal a 1 0 win. I think that was El Hadj Juve crossed in for Papa Diop, and he like took his shirt off, and they were like all dancing. I remember that one. Yeah, reckless game. But um, I always love an underdog beating a, a bigger team, especially when that team happens to be Argentina. Uh, number eight, um, like you mentioned earlier, very wholesome moment. South Africa World Cup, which I thought was a one of the best World Cups that I remember, at least. Um, I thought that was a great World Cup, and South Africa scored the opening goal in the opening game. Um, great celebrations afterwards. Also a brilliant goal to open the World Cup with as well. I'll leave it to you to pronounce the player's name who scored that goal, but that's the, that's definitely my top ten as a, a great World Cup moment. Tisha Balali, Tisha Ablitz, Tisha Tisha Balalala. But yeah, great goal, great celebration, great moment in a, in what I thought was a really, really good World Cup. Although I think that was the World Cup that introduced Vuvuzela's. Um, Most annoying thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that was the only negative of that World Cup, those Vuvuzela's. They were fun for like a day. Um, next, I have the Kuwait team walking off. Um, when they stopped playing in the one game, I forget who they were playing against. Was it France, something like that, maybe? And uh, they heard a whistle in the crowd. They stopped playing. The other team carried on and scored a goal. <laughs> and I, they they tried to kind of walk off the field. And uh, I think someone even went on the field to have a go at the referee at one point. Um, but yeah, then moving into like the real kind of high quality moments. Number six, um, the seventy four World Cup. The first kind of when Johan Cruyff was introduced on the world stage, although probably people knew about him before that, but um, showed everyone one of the most iconic soccer skills, tricks, turns, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Cruyff turn um, bamboozled a few defenders with, with his uh, with his skill that then was named after him with the Cruyff turn. I'm still trying to master it. <laughs> That's me, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Do you want to tell me a few of your lower-end ones before I move on? Yeah. Um, to be fair, I don't. I think I've only got one of yours in there, so I've, this is going to be interesting. Um, I try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, so temp spot, I've got actually a, another bizarre moment. 1978 World Cup, um, first group game between Sweden and Brazil. With six seconds of stoppage time played, the referee, I believe it was a Welsh ref called Clive Thomas, blew his whistle literally the split second, and this game was 1-1 between Sweden and Brazil, the split second before Zico headed it into the back of the goal. And the Brazilians went absolutely berserk. 
there, and I think it was might have been Bobby Cholton. I think was actually commentating on it, or Jack Cholton. One of the Choltons were on there, and nobody could believe it. And the referee was almost—I mean, you see it today. The referees are like, "Uh, yeah, it's fine. Just move on." Um, but yeah, that was such a bizarre moment. Um, ninth spot, bit of a strange one again. I've gone for a few ludicrous moments, but they are iconic. And we mentioned it at the start. The 1994 US World Cup, when Whitney Houston shanks a penalty in the opening like ceremony, and the goals split in half, and it like breaks into like song and dance. But she absolutely toes this ball completely off to the side. But I mean, Whitney Houston, an icon, and just the Americans always do things big and like flamboyant. So God knows what's going to happen in 2026. Uh, eighth spot. I've gone for a bit of one that's like into home. Uh, the uh, the nineteen sixty six World Cup win for England. They think it's all over. It is now. I wanted to try and creep that in there. Maybe not an not iconic. That, what number is this? I've gone that as number eight because I didn't want to be too biased in the top five and people bashing me for saying, "Oh, it's all it's pure England." Well, um, so I've put that in there, and then. What were we on? Seven. Roger Miller. Roger Miller's goal in his celebration for Cameroon in the 1990 World Cup. So Cameroon, I think they win the game 2-1 and his second goal, I think it is, he scores and then he runs over. And I know this is only audio, but you can see me. He's in the corner and he's giving it one of these, all the dances in the corner. And I think a few years later, I think Paul Ince might have tried to copy it in a game for United. Um, and it was just an iconic celebration. I do love me a, a good celebration. So that's my seventh. Um, and then in sixth spot, for the Scottish fans, mm. Archie Gemmell, his solo goal against Holland um, in 78. So I think, I can't remember who it is, somebody loses the ball for Scotland, he picks it up and he like almost like Maradona-esque or like Messi-esque today. Dribbled through like two, three players before he like slots it in. And... He was probably, I would say, he's probably one of Scotland's best ever players. Um, And Scotland, sorry fans, you don't really get to World Cups a lot, so that's a big moment in Scottish history. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that one in there. Okay, yeah, like it. Bit different to mine, mixing it up a little bit. But I feel like the top five is really the, uh, the these are kind of the non-negotiable, like iconic moments. I think we're probably gonna have pretty similar on the top five. Um, so number five for me, I've just kind of, I'll name as Zidane 2006 final because you saw the good and then you saw the bad. Um, Zidane, probably my favourite player ever. Um, Penenka penalty against Buffon of all people in a World Cup final, just having not, you know, don't worry about the ability, just the the bravery or the arrogance, whatever you want to call it, to do that. You're in the shit. final. Like you've yeah. got to have some massive balls to be able to do that. Literally the high, the biggest pressure moment you could ever be on on the world stage, and just sits uh, Buffon down with the Penenka penalty, chips it, hit off the crossbar, bounces down over the line, just like wow. And then later on in the game, uh, you know Maserati says something he doesn't like to him, and he headbutts him in the chest, red card, and just that moment of seeing him walking off, and the the World Cup trophies in the tunnel there, just on the end of the tunnel, and he has to walk past it. And just that, there's a great picture of him just kind of walking past the trophy after being sent off. 
And obviously France went on to lose that final in penalties. Um, so a bit of a sad way out for one of my or my favourite player ever. Um, but still, you know, still a legend and, and still loved by everyone. Uh, number four, maybe a little bit low, but I didn't want to put it high, uh, is the hand of God moment. So Maradona's handball um, against England in the World Cup, leapt up, punched it in. I think everyone realised it was handball except from the referee. And then just the arrogance again afterwards of being asked about it and, and saying that, you know, God told him to do it, which is a great excuse for anything you want to do. If you feel like cheating, that's uh, one reason you can give, I guess. Uh, number three was Alberto's goal for Brazil. 1970 World Cup, it was like when people talk about, you know, when people say it's like watching Brazil, I feel like this is the goal they're talking about. Some great players like Pele involved in it and it ends in Alberto absolutely smashing one in the back of the net, running up and just nailing the ball. Like for as World Cup goals come, that's uh, that's definitely in there as a, an iconic, very, very iconic goal. Uh, what am I on now? Number two? Yep. Number two is... Um, as painful as it is, Maradona's goal versus England, probably the best goal ever on in a World Cup stage, just picking it up on the halfway line, dribbling past the whole team and, uh, yeah, just dribbling past everyone and scoring. And, uh, you know, obviously later in the game, he did the hand of God goal as well, but don't let that take the shine off. An amazing goal there. Um, and then number one for me, I can't believe you put this number eight, is the Jeff Hurst, uh, the 66 World Cup winning goal, the commentary that went along with it, the fact that it was England versus Germany, um, you know, the, the people on the field, the crowd's running on already, they think it's all over, bang, it is now, like, yeah, and everything that goes along with it. Um, I know that's probably biased, but a great final, a great way for it to end, great commentary, get great scenery, great rivalry. So that was my number one. Yeah, I think if there was, if I had a time machine and I could go back to one sport in memory, I think it would be a toss-up, right, between the 66 World Cup win and for me, it would be the 99 Champions League final for United. But yeah, that that's that commentary, I think, makes that goal even more iconic, right? Yeah, and just, I, I think just because you're English, right, you see everything afterwards, you see the pictures, the imagery, beating Germany as well. Um, yeah, number one for me. Although, right. I, as I'm saying this, I think I have missed one out, which is more a whole game, I guess, than anything. Um, and that's the England v Argentina game. Michael Owen's goal, um, picking up on the halfway line, dribbling past a couple of defenders, smashing in the top corner. Then Simeone gets Beckham sent off, and then uh, England get knocked out. That's definitely a big one, too. Yeah, and weren't Michael Owen like a teenager at that point? I mean, he was like 18, maybe. I think he was 18. You know, Beckham probably wasn't that much older, but like. Yeah, I think too. I think was that the '98 World Cup, so that was yeah. probably like the earliest World Cup I can really remember watching myself. So that's probably why that one sticks in my head as a bit of heartbreak watching England get knocked out in that circumstance. All right, well, I will roll with my five. Um, in fifth spot, I've gone for one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, um, and it is a, a little bit more of a present iconic moment, and that is Messi's first World Cup win. I think we're going to look back at Messi winning this World Cup, being the greatest player of all time in 20, 30 years, and it's going to be an iconic moment. The year that, or the World Cup, the final that Messi won his World Cup. I think that's just going to, 
we're going to look back at it. Our kids' kids are going to look at it. Yeah, that was the year Messi won the World Cup. And Messi, like when we talk about Maradona and Pele now, people in 20, 30 years' time are going to be talking about Messi exactly the same as the greatest ever player. Did he win it? I mean, he was pretty a big part of it. I, they wouldn't have won it without him, no? No? You think so? I uh, I don't think I think he was a great final. I don't think he had a anything special in terms of his performance at the World Cup. He didn't have a Maradona moment, did he? Or a Pele moment or anything like that. So No, but I just think his legendary status as the GOAT, I think, go makes it the iconic moment. That that is his World Cup win. So um, you are saying that Messi's the best player of all time? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And I'll I'll happily argue that point with anyone. Come at me, listeners. Um, I, I, my, my, the thing that always holds me back from saying he's the best player ever is not that we want to go down this rabbit hole, but just the fact that he hasn't gone and done it in different leagues. He did it in Spain, in the best team in the league for the majority of the time. I would have loved it if he'd have come to the Premier League and done it. So you're, all right, we will go a little bit down this rabbit hole. Who's the best player in the world then? Ever? Yeah. I think when. It's hard to say because I didn't see him play, but when when I see clips of Maradona, he's like a jerk. Just and yeah, so I think he's having Maradona. All right, well, that'll be your view. Well, I'll move on then. Fourth spot, very similar to you. I've kind of singleized it to Zidane's headbutt. Obviously, we have the the goal, so that yeah, we can have that as a joint moment. But I just remember watching that game, and I'm like, what on earth has he done? Mm. At first, I couldn't quite believe it. I was like, "Has he just like have he just like come together?" And then the replay show, if you're gonna headbutt somebody, not him in the head. I'm headbutt <laughs> him in the chest. What are you doing, son? But it's also now I think about it, the calmness of the penalty, to the composure to do a penalty like that, but then just absolutely losing your head and headbutting someone in the world. It was to do around like him calling out something about his little sister or something like that. Yeah. Um, and surely there must have been so much. There has to be something that really triggered it because I'm sure, like as we know, players are calling each other out, trash talking to each other. There must have been one thing that spiked it to not just like kick out or square up. He's gone like proper, like Steven Seagal, like boof, right into his chest. Yeah, and he had a minute to feel like you can see him as Maz- Maserati say something and he takes like a good two steps as Zidane stood waiting for him to get closer and then really he does hit him in the chest pretty hard um, yeah mental um, third spot I've gone for the, the 1970 World Cup England-Brazil Gordon Banks's save mm. um, it's, yeah there's been top top saves out there but if you're if you're a younger listener listen to this just google it this is probably this is for me the greatest ever save in, in football history. Um, in a World Cup against Brazil, against Pele, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and just how he gets himself down there, the change of the pace. Yeah, wow, what a save. The, uh, other, the other great, like, iconic moment from that game too, and I remember this because there was a poster of it on the changing room wall when I was a kid, um, was the, the Pele and Bobby Moore swapping jerseys after the game and, and if, there's a great picture of them kind of swapping jerseys and speaking and that was like a very iconic moment and I always that picture was always up on the wall in, in one of the change rooms that I was in a lot when I was a kid so I liked that moment a lot too well you look at that moment as like the 
the pinnacle of respect, right? Just like yeah. two of the greatest players of that World Cup and that kind of generation, just acknowledging that. Yeah, mutual each other's talent. Yeah, mutual respect between two of the two of the best. Yeah. Um, you sometimes get it now, but I just feel like that back then it was like that was genuine. You know what I mean? That they literally wanted at the end of the game to like. I reckon you could probably get them in a room. But hours after that game, and they would have been like dissecting everything. It just seemed like a good, and it's such an iconic picture as well. Um, but then moving on, my top two both involved the same man. Um, I hate to say it, but in number two, I've gone for the the goal of the century, Maradona's solo goal. Um, I do take what you said earlier about what he is able to do. Wow, what a goal! What an absolute solo goal. And just Maradona in general, what an absolute nutcase, but <laughs> God-gifted talent. The one video that always sticks in my head is him warming up and he's smashing the ball up in the air, doing a forward roll, controlling it. And I'm like, yeah, just effortless for him. Yeah, I remember Gary Lineker talking about that. I think maybe they were playing at Barcelona at the same time or playing against each I think he might have been playing against each other. The Maradona was just like smashed juggling, but hitting the ball up into the clouds as he juggled. And it's just like the ball was just another part of his body. And um, yeah, wild. And I think the other thing that speaks volumes is we should hate Maradona. You know, after the goal against England, the hand of God goal, it, it'd be, and just, just England, the Argentina, Argentina, whether it's sport, politically, everything. Um, and yet he's so good, you can't ha- help but admire how good he was. Yeah, absolute talent. And then that leads me on then to my number one, of which I deem probably the most iconic moment of the World Cup history, for me, has to be the hand of God. Mm. Um, just what it was, the the stakes between England and Argentina, um, the 86 World Cup being a fantastic World Cup, so many good goals in there, lots on the line. But like, as you said as well, it's like the cheek to kind of like brush it off and say, well, yeah, God told me to do that. Um, it's, it's just mental. And and you have to think as well, the the smartness of it, that the ball's gone up in the air in a split second, he's fought to do that. You know what I mean? Like you look, you dial it back a little bit and you try and diagnose it. The ball's up in the air for however long. And he's literally gone, you know what? I can get my, and like, not just punch it, but like make it look like it's his head. And it's just yeah, I don't think that's sport. I think that's instinct because probably he annoyed everyone on his team because in practice every day he probably cheated as well. So when he was on the field, it was second nature just to like get an advantage any way he could. So it's probably the drugs kicking in at that point. Yeah, I mean, we say all this about Maradona. If there was more drug testing involved, who knows if these moments would have been involved? But um, I I find it hard to place a goal that's. Uh, you know, I know it's a very iconic moment, but placing that kind of goal ahead of even his own goal of dribbling through the whole team and scoring, I'd rather reward, you know, brilliance and ability over cheating. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, but I reckon now we, we lock it in our 10 through one. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of disparity between all the rankings, but I reckon... We just go for what we think are the 10 most iconic moments. Um, i tell you what, though. I do love that one you suggested of um, the Congo player booting the ball. 
That's brilliant. <laughs> That's just a funny moment. You got everyone's got to go on YouTube and just Google. Yeah, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Brazil, that, get on it and just. No one knows what's going on. Everyone just looks around like, what is going on here? It's like watching a wreck game on a Sunday morning. It's just somebody's added up and just absolutely tonked it away. Uh, Put that at number 10 then? I would say, yeah, let's get that in at number 10. Just remind the listeners of uh, of who it was. M. Wepper? Is that what you say his name? M-W-E-P-A? Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. I mean, I know you're our pronunciation specialist. There we go. I've just put down on my little list here, number 10, Mwepe booting it. <laughs> that's how, that's what it's called, yeah. Mwepe um, boots it. Right, number nine then. Um, this is hard, right? Because what determines what should maybe be in it? I, I, I think you've got to look at like maybe the uniqueness of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like every World Cup is special. When the World Cup rolls around, the most watched thing on TV everyone's tuning in but what makes that moment so iconic and what lives in your memory so i think we got to look at it like that i think um i think number nine would be a good spot for Cruyff 74 with the Cruyff turn it's like you know one of the first moves all the kids learn when they first start playing soccer it's also you know him on the world stage and and the icon that he became um, in that, you know, very iconic orange Dutch kit as well. So, yeah, that's for him to settle in at number nine. They do have a, an iconic kit, obviously, with the orange, but like, I don't know if I'm calling that iconic, though, like an iconic moment that the Cruyff was in. Is it iconic? I don't know. That's the question. That's the question we're answering. What would you put in at number nine? Whitney Houston's uh, opening that's ceremony. That's not getting in the ten. <laughs> No, no, there's no space for Whitney in this list. Can't believe you're kicking Whitney out. Um, next, when you're driving to work later on, and that comes on, I hope you feel bad. It's um, not on my playlist. What about the South Africa, the the goal in the the celebration? Yeah, I would actually like that to be higher, but I'll uh, as long as it's in the top ten, because I do think that was a great moment. That's one. That's probably my favorite World Cup I've watched so far. Um, can Can you uh, remember what the the song of the tournament was? Um, I it's in my head, but I'm not going to sing it. Go on, give the listeners a little chuckle. No, um, but I'll go with that as number nine. Waving flag, waving flag. That was it. Who's the singer? Um, Khan. Uh, waving flag. Yeah, that was a good, uh, good little World when Cup. When I song get well. older, I will be. Str- yeah, what a tune. Yeah, that was a good World Cup song for a good World Cup. My favorite. I'd be interested to ask like an older person who's seen more World Cups. If that is one of their favourites too, because that and the France '98 were my favourite two favourite two World Cups I've seen in since I've been alive. So. Yeah, '98 I kind of struggle somewhat to remember little bits of it just because of like age and that. Um, when you watch like Zidane's performances yeah. in 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 the final, but just throughout, it's like what and that French kit as well. Yeah, I've ordered. I've actually ordered that jersey. Little little uh, plug here, but I have actually ordered that. 98 World Cup France jersey with Zidane on the back. And where did where did you order that from? I ordered that from retrokit.com. If you need a link to that, just you know, shoot onto the Pitside Perspective podcast. You get a little 10% off. We're getting better at this. Um in number nine, I'm gonna throw a shout out. What about Roger Miller? He's going his celebration. Uh you're not the dancing celebration. Yeah, 
Do you think that's more iconic or when Cameroon beat Argentina? Uh, I think the Kuwait walking off is like more iconic than both. All right, I'm happy with that. Kuwait in number nine? Yeah. South Africa opening goal number eight. Like it. What about the Argentina versus England? I don't think I didn't have it on my list. I can't remember if you had or not. But the England v Argentina game, Beckham getting um, yeah. Off. See, I, I, obviously we had the Beckham documentary release what a couple of months ago now. Yeah. And so much was about that. It is. Uh, I mean, Beckham is an icon on his own right. You know yeah. what I mean. So. I think I... the fallout afterwards as well was unbelievable. Obviously, he got a lot of stick from crowds in England for a long time afterwards. But, you know, I was pretty young then. But even I remember seeing, like, the papers. It's kind of, like, horrible to even think about it with, like, the mannequin hung up with the Beckham shirt on and things like that. It was pretty ridiculous looking back at it now. But Yeah, and I, I remember watching the documentary and realising to the extent of the abuse he got. Um yeah. And, yeah, he gets sent off, but surely you can't blame it just on that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching as a kid being, like, heartbroken about England getting knocked out and couldn't believe that he got a red card for it and things like this. But even then, when I saw the papers and stuff, I think even I, as a kid, was like, this is a bit harsh. Yeah. All right, I, I'm happy to put yeah, the But also, the, great, oh, the, 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 the goal from Owen was brilliant, too. Uh, remember his 80, celebration 80 as well, like him just like running away and like it was like the baggy shirts and it it yeah. literally looked like a four year old running in his dad's shirt. Yeah, some great players on both teams in that game too. But yeah, eighteen year old Owen just sprinting past everyone with the, I think he beat two or three defenders, banged it in the top corner. I would I would put that game as a whole as a, the package between the Owen goal, the Beckham sending off, losing on penalties, everything that happened afterwards, that whole game as an iconic moment. Yeah, because that almost created like the the modern day rivalry between them. Yes, they'd had rivalry prior to that, but then I think it was like the game that they played next after that, where Beckham slots in the penalty. Well, uh, I think it re- it reignited uh, yeah. maybe on the soccer field, that, but obviously it, that wasn't that long ago after kind of the Falcons War and stuff too. Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm happy putting that in at seven. Yep. Here's one that we haven't mentioned: 2002 World Cup. England play Brazil, and we have a very good squad. Yeah. But the ponytailing goal, David Seaman, when Ronaldinho just drops it in over his head on that free kick, I remember this goal mainly because we had to get into school early that day because of the time difference and watching it. And I remember like all of us sitting in the hall, and there must have been about 60 of us, and the teacher just wheeling in this like tiny little dodgy TV and we're all watching it and we would have been like what maybe 10 11 years old but that was just iconic and when that went that went in just the hall was silent yeah, I just remember that same. moment exactly the same yeah it was like because of the kickoff time the school said if you get there early you can watch it so I think it went into like the first period but yeah like junior school um went in early watched it sat on those benches I think like every primary school had those same wooden benches <laughs> Just kind of like in rows watching that crappy old wheelie TV rolls in. Yeah. Took, took took a while to get it loaded up, and then you kind of going like, "We're so good, we're gonna we're gonna win this." We had a good the golden team that generation. Year. They called yeah. it. 
And then, but then when you look at the Brazil team, also that team was a joke. Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Ronaldo. Roberto, Carlos, Cafu, like, come on. Yeah. So to lose it with that goal was disappointing. That was. A... I, and I think that moment might be like iconic for the English in us, but I don't think that's quite getting into the top 10, but I feel like it gets an honourable mention. Yeah. Where was that held, that tournament? South Korea. Yeah. Right? South Korea? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a good one, but I think that's just... We're only talking about that because we're English. I don't think anyone else would. See, now we're looking at like these top, this like the five to ten. There's a few more creeping in my mind here. Like you've got Gaza when he's crying in the 1990. And you remember Gary Lineker looks at the manager, but they get it on camera. And he's like, you need to have a word with him. You need to have a word with him. Again, like Gaza's struggling and he's crying. We have the penalty shootout Mm -hmm. drama. Again, maybe more iconic for us English. Before we decide number six, let's just talk about, just so we don't kind of, kill ourselves here. The ones that are definitely in the top five, the Hurst 66 winner, the Maradona goal, the Hand of God goal, the Carlos Alberto 1970 Brazil goal. Oh, are you saying that's definitely... Oh, I'm not agreeing, potentially. Um, the Zidane penalty and then headbutt. What about Gordon Banks' save? So then I, I think... That, I this... think then the Brazil 1970, the Alberto goal goes in at number six. Uh, I actually, well... Just hear me out on this. If that goes in at number six, then I think we're able to get in Hand of God, Gordon Banks save, the solo goal, the headbutt. I would like to have... I would recommend Alberto's goal goes ahead of Zidane's headbutt and penalty. Yeah, because I, I think guess... afterwards... You know, like when you were a kid and everyone used to be like, oh, it's like watching Brazil... And and everyone would sing. It's like watching Brazil. It's because of that goal. As you know, obviously they scored a ton of great goals, but that one goal was. And you know what? I love Zidane. So let's go. Yeah, let's go with the Alberto goal number six. So you're saying the birth of the beautiful game, the Brazil 1970s squad, finished by Carlos Alberto, goes in at number six. Yeah, we're saying the birth of the beautiful game. It gets beaten by Zidane headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> But you do talk about iconic moments. Yeah, that potentially gets in. All right, so then number five, you've got Zidane. And he's... Uh, Zidane, 2006 headbutt. final. Yeah, you got you saw the good and the bad of Zidane. Am I right in thinking as well that was his last World Cup? Yeah, I think so. That's why that kind of... They're like the two... In, probably, uh, probably the three picked World Cup photographs that are always in my mind is... One... There's Zidane walking past the World Cup trophy down the tunnel after being sent off. Two, the Bobby Moore and Pele picture. And then one, that uh, that picture that was recreated on your wedding night, Stu, of the 66 <laughs> England World Cup squad. People on shoulders uh, parading around the field. They're the three most iconic images from a World Cup. Probably four would be the hand of God punching it past. Yeah, but you go back to that, the pictures of Zidane and like, it's so sad, right? Because of like, everyone respected him as a player. He was, if not the greatest centre midfield player that we've seen and generations will see. And just the picture of him walking past the trophy, it's just sad. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't know if he's come out and said if he regrets it, but I'm sure if he looks back on it, I'm sure he's uh, not best pleased. Yeah, but it also seems like that kind of character where he'd just be like, you know what, it is what it is. It's in the past. Move on. And it must be the French about... in him because it's a bit like Cantona when he goes yeah. and like kicks somebody in the crowd, and he's like, ah, whatever. Like we move on. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So Zidane's gone in at number five. Now this is when it gets interesting. This is when it might get a little bit heated. So we've got a few options here. So we've got Hand of God, the solo goal, Gordon Banks save, and the 1966 World Cup win. They're the four, right? Yep. Now the order comes in. I think uh, four would be the Banks save. You're saying goalkeepers don't deserve to be higher up? He's number four. What does he want? Banks goes in at number four. Well, what would you what would you have us for? No, I think you're right. I I'm also trying to not be biased towards trying to bump up the sixty six World Cup win as high as I can because it's icon again, I go back to it, it's iconic for us. But if you ask an Italian, a German, is this sixty six World Cup win iconic? A World Cup iconic moment. The, the the save yeah maybe not but I also think if you said what's the best save in World Cup history no I'm talking about no I'm talking about the 1966 England World Cup win an Italian wouldn't say that's iconic well I'm not having that as number four all right so I think that has to go in at number, number so number three, four then. is let's see let's go with the Banks save probably the best save in a World Cup is number four okay uh, for me number three hand of God I'm not putting a a, a cheat, a cheating player in the top two. You're putting hand of God as the third most iconic moment. Yeah. See, I get where you're coming from that you want you don't want to put a cheat in the top two or even number one, but we're talking about the most iconic moment. It's so iconic. More people. If you take those three things, we're taking hand of God, the solo goal, and the '66 World Cup win. Yeah. If you go and ask a hundred fans from around the world name me your most iconic moment hand of god i reckon will beat any of them now every country would just pick one that's relative to them that's what i mean so i'm trying to be neutral with yeah but i'm just saying whoever it is whether it's us as english or you know if you if you ask an italian they would probably say beating france on penalties and, and the winning penalty or something like that so if you ask an argentinian they'd probably Say Maradona's goal or Messi winning the World Cup. See, I see your agenda. You're just trying to get the 66 in number one spot, aren't you? That's where it should. That's where it belongs. So you're all right. So you know what? Of... I will say that. Well, what's all right, what's for me? Number it? three, right? It, it should be number three, Hand of God. Number two, 66 winner Hurst. The commentary, the scenes, the crowd, the you know everything. And it and is then, a hat trick as well. I'll give you that. And uh, then Maradona. Maradona's that's the because that's the best goal scored at a World Cup ever ever yeah it was voted I mean it wasn't just voted the best World Cup goal it was voted the best goal out of every single league every single play so yeah well I think as soon as you say it's the best goal in a World Cup then just because it's on the biggest stage possible then it automatically becomes the best goal of all time um, yeah all right I reckon we lock it in. Hand of God, number three. 66, number two. The solo goal, number one. Yeah, how sad is that that we've put a goal scored against England as number one? Are we going to get... I think we might get a bit of abuse here. <laughs> I, had, I, had the, I had the 66 winner as my number one, so I should have been stronger. Well, at least people don't know our addresses. Um I I mean, I look for all of that, though. There is some iconic moments, for sure, in there. 
Um, and I reckon we as well, we probably missed a few bits here. There's going to definitely be yeah. maybe some older fans that recollect more with World Cups in 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s that obviously we're not that privy to. Um, there was, I was looking at one as well today. You remember the, the Lampard no-goal one against Germany? Yeah, Germany? yeah. I think that would have had a better chance of being up there if it was like, if that goal was to win the game. But it wasn't, right? It was just to get us back into the game, really. Yeah. Or if that was like a final or something like that. Yeah. Um, there was another moment that, that popped in my mind as well. Do you remember um, Rivaldo when somebody smashed a ball at his feet in the corner, but <laughs> he started holding his head? Yeah, and he went down holding his face. I don't know if it, it did he trick the ref or not. I can't remember. Yeah, I think the other other fella got a, a yellow card or something. Oh. But you look at that Brazil team, man. Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo. Like you look at Brazil now compared to then, I don't think they're anywhere near that level. No, no. Because um, I think when you look at those Brazilian players, they had like the skill and the flair, but it was it wasn't just like a skill and flair. There was like purpose behind it. They they connected like, even like Adri, people like Adri, Adriano and stuff like that too. It's like, yeah, um, is that the best World Cup team ever in terms of when you look at the individual players and the talent they had? Well, Maybe. I think I think the argument would be between obviously the nineteen seventy Brazil team and then yeah. probably what the the eighty eight or the two thousand and two Brazil team. Yeah, that was good. Cafu, Lucia, Roberto Carlos. The the original Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, um, Danielson, yeah, the Kaka was in there as well. Forget about Kaka, Ballon d'Or winner. So yeah, I mean that. But then also that ninety eight France team was very good with Zidane, Deschamps, people like that in it. Desailly at the back, they were good. Yeah, nice. Uh, some more memories, hopefully, to come as well in the future. It's, I'm I, like just thinking now we've had this episode about the World Cup. It is the greatest sporting event in history. There's nothing comes near it. You know what I mean? It's it. America is going to be an absolute swamp of people just trying to watch it, get to games, all of that. It's going to be mental. I do think it's a good place to host it, though. I think obviously they've got some great stadiums. They know how to run big sporting events. Um, some of these cities are going to be overtaken by soccer fans from all over the world. And I think American culture, they'll they'll embrace it and they'll make the most of it and they'll make people feel welcome and it'll be a really good, really good tournament. Like I said, I think my favourite one I remember is the South Africa one um, because of the culture and everything that went on there. It was just a big party. Um, so I'll be interested to see if this one can top it. And I will say as well, and this is just hopefully to get it out there. If anyone can get a ticket for the World Cup final, I will put you up in my house. Free food, free everything. If you get me a ticket for the World Cup final, I don't care where you're from. If you can get me that World Cup ticket final, you stay with me for free. I sort you out. You might be able to hear the crowd from your apartments too. Well, I'm just thinking back to like when I went to Man United Arsenal at MetLife. It was a friendly and it was packed and people struggled to get in. I think there's gonna. I I think it's gonna be hard to even get within a few miles of that stadium. It is gonna be absolute ramo. Yeah, the other great part is gonna be everyone exp- going to New York City and then realizing the stadium's actually in New Jersey. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. Before we do, kind of wrap this up though, 
what is your prediction? Who do you think potentially in the hat for winning the 2026 World Cup? Do I need to say it? Go on. It's got to be England, hasn't it? Oi, oi. No, I think England right now have the best midfielder in the world in Jude Bellingham. I think in Harry Kane, they have one of the top five goal scorers in the world. Um, in Declan Rice, they have someone who can hold it together. I'm not saying he's as good as Rodri or people like that, but he's a good player. They have some good young attacking talent in people like Saka and Foden and, you know, if Rashford can get it together, but if not Grealish and people. So I think there's goals in the team. Um, the the thing I struggle with is, has Southgate proven that he can beat the bigger the bigger teams? Not so far. I think this is his last chance. I also feel like some of the other countries are a little bit weaker than they have been in the past. I don't think Brazil have been as good as they have been in previous World Cups. I don't think Italy are anywhere close to it. Germany certainly are close to it from what they're showing. But, you know, who knows who turns up the World Cup. It's, I think for me, it's between England and France. If we don't have a good run in the Euros, and I'm talking about like final or winning it, Southgate has to go and we have to get somebody in with that 2026 mindset and just saying, go win us the World Cup. Go be a legend. And you know who I would go for? And he's going to be a free agent, potentially? Kloppy. Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think people would be upset Imagine that. that. Can you imagine yeah. him win, winning the World Cup? Yeah, and I think in the past, people have always had this preference of having an English person as the coach, but I think that's probably... You know, in the past now, people just want whoever can get him over the line and win Here the tournament. Here we go. I'm, this is my dream. Jurgen Klopp manages us, gets to the final, and we beat Germany in the final on penalties. A German manager winning it for England doesn't get yeah. better than that. Yeah. I mean, Germany have got a long way to go if they're going to get to the final. Right now, I think, you know, England, France, Argentina are always going to be there, thereabouts. I think they know how to win on the big stage, but there's enough time between then and now for you know, players to prove themselves, for teams to improve. So, long way out. Long, long way out. But, uh, no, I've enjoyed this episode, kind of going another trip down memory lane. Um, just to kind of wrap it up then, 10th spot, we've got Mwepe booting the ball. Ninth <laughs> um, spot, the Kuwait team walking off the pitch. Eighth spot, the South African team scoring the opening goal in their uh, trademark celebration. Seventh spot, we've got Beckham and Owen in the England-Argentina game. Uh, in 98, with Beckham getting sent in off. Number six, the beautiful game being invented by Brazil and Alberto's uh, stunning goal. Number five, the highs and lows of Zidane, the little dink of a penalty followed by the absolute ruthless headbutt to the chest. Uh, fourth spot, Gordon Banks nipping it down near post with a fantastic save. Third spot, the uh, Maradona. Hand of God goal, the iconic moment. Second spot, they think it is, it's all over. Jeff Hurst, 66 World Cup win. And then rounding it off in the most iconic moment in World Cup history, Maradona's solo goal that was voted goal of the century. I think we've done well there. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid, to be honest. I, I When you were reading those out, I was thinking, would I change any of those? And I, I don't think I would... I do think the 1970 Alberto goal, just because it kind of encapsulates all of that Brazil style and flair and just quality, is a big one. But yeah, I think we did okay there, but I'm sure there's a few people shouting out some missed ones. So before we go then, um, trivia time, Jack, for the audience and for myself. 
please repeat the question. Yeah, so the question was, um, which three players have scored the most World Cup goals? Okay, so I think, well, I know, in number one spot was a player in more recent times, uh, pronunciation, buzzer might be coming on here, Miroslav Closer. Correct. He uh, he scored 16 goals in total in 24 games. So now, the reason why I'm going to say this next one is because I believe he overtook him, but I'm not sure if he's in second spot or not, would be another German player. Gerd Müller? Uh, Gerd Müller is in there, yeah, in the top three. Is he second or third? I have him as, in my research, as third and closer as one. So number second. Now, this is a toss-up. Um, I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo's got it, even though he scored a bucket load of goals. I, I ruled him out early on. But then I had his counterpart, Messi. I don't know if Messi's nipped in there or not. Um, and then it was the Brazilian Ronaldo, R9, the original. Okay. I'm going to go with... I'll go Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo, five down is number two, 15, 15 goals scored. Love it. Interestingly, Messi is joint fourth with Just Fontaine, who, get this, scored 13 goals, but he did that in six games in one wow. World Cup. Wow. So he averaged 2.17 goals a game in the 1958 World Cup. This is pretty ridiculous. Wait, do you reckon we'll see Messi at the World Cup? How old is he now? 35, 36? Might 36, be pushing it, but... 36, he will be 38. I feel like they take him almost like a... I don't know if he, if it's an... Well, it depends also who's coming up at that point, but I feel like they take him just because of the person he is, even if he doesn't play a lot. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, World Cup coming out 2026 in the US. Um... Jack, I've enjoyed this, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening too. We bid you a farewell.